Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody. I'm Ann Harder. Welcome to Central Texas Living, the podcast. You know, there are some groundbreaking studies going on at Baylor helping people deal with physical issues like hot flashes and lower back pain that don't include pharmaceuticals. Joining me now, Dr. Gary Elkins, who, who is professor of psychology and neuroscience at Baylor and the director of the Baylor University Mind Body Medicine Lab, research lab. Now, this, this is something we've talked about for a couple of years now. You were a guest several times on Central Texas Living, the television show, but we only had like three minutes to, to talk about, you know, your research, and it was the TV. So now we've got the time to really visit about the work you're doing and and how you really are helping people who are dealing with things like hot flashes. So let's just, first of all, welcome. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate <laughs> let, let it. Let's just say something. Get a word <laughs> in edgewise. You know, I don't think I've ever had a professor of psychology to talk to. I keep thinking, you know, I wonder, is he analyzing me? <laughs> what kind of a nut she is? <laughs> Do you ever get that? I, did, I, I didn't bring my couch with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a good thing. Sure there would be a, lo- a lot of subject matter for you. Um, and, and I do want to get a little bit into your background in, in sure. just a bit. But um, this, this hot flash study is so interesting because, you know, women who go through menopause, there are some that just sail through it, which I can, right. I can say I did without a lot of issues. I did mm-hmm. experience hot flashes, but nothing. But for some women, it's debilitating. Yes, that's right. Um, in the past, hormone replacement therapy had been the standard treatment. And what really got us interested in this particular area of study was you would have to go back to about 2003, 2006. At that time, um, the Women's Health Initiative study was being conducted by the National Institutes of Health. The major study in which they were looking at the benefits of hormone therapy, but the study was halted early when it was discovered that there was an increased risk of cardiovascular disease and breast cancer associated with hormone replacement therapy, as it was referred to at that time. And so it became apparent there was a need for a safe, non-hormonal, non-pharmaceutical, safe intervention that could really help women with hot flashes. They can be very debilitating, very difficult for many women. Yes, and, and some younger women even who have gone through breast cancer um, treatment. Yes, that's right. So it's not just menopausal women. That's right. In fact, studies have shown that women, younger women who are treated for breast cancer, their hot flashes are typically worse because oh. they're so sudden. The, the woman goes from 
uh, being premenopause, not having any hot flashes, and then a part of the treatment for breast cancer to prevent the recurrence basically stops estrogen. And so the woman can, over the matter of a day or two, go into full-blown hot flashes that could be severe and very frequent. What I find fascinating is um, is how you're going about treating it. And hypnosis is one of the ways. And and I guess we all have this mental image of the the guy on the stage with a stop you know with a pocket watch. <laughs> you're right. getting sleepy. That's right. not what this is. No, not at all. Um, so hypnosis has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. It has a history, and it even has a history in which it's portrayed um, in inaccurate ways sometimes on stage shows or hypnotist shows. No, you start clucking like, like a that. chicken or something. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but most people know that that's like a magic show or uh, I mean, it's entertainment. And so there's nothing wrong with entertainment. But hypnosis is really a state of focused attention in which a person can become absorbed in mental images and suggestions. So like a common example of what we mean by the hypnotic state or hypnosis would be a person going to the movie theater. We focus Hmm. our attention on the movie screen Um, There are images and suggestions that occur. And during that time, the person can become so absorbed in the experience that it feels very real to the person for that period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had not really thought of it that way. But in in using hypnosis to treat something that's happening to you physically, um, that, that takes some training, I guess. Yes, for it, for the subjects that are in your in your study, it does. It takes some practice. Uh, it's based on the mind body connection, and so it's been known for many many years that there's a relationship between the mind and the body. For example, if we have anxiety provoking thoughts, our heart might beat faster. Even if a person imagines and remembers the sour taste of a lemon, they can begin to salivate. <laughs> no, you've done it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, the, that's yeah. the mind-body connection. Sure. And so the more you can understand the physiology of a particular symptom, like hot flashes, then the more you can determine well, what kind of practice, what kind of mental images, what does a person really need to do in order to have a profound effect on that symptom. Now, you've been, I I believe now you are in the fifth year, or beginning to start the fifth year of this study. So you've been working on this a while and had a a lot of uh, women take part. How many many up to to date? So we've had approximately 200 women participate in the study to this point, and we are recruiting for approximately 30 more women Uh, for the uh, hypnosis for hot flashes, self-administered hypnosis for hot flashes. So you still have room for a few more. We do. Yeah. Uh, How long will this, is this wrapping up? Is it like a five-year study or or will you keep going on or how how does your fund, I guess your funding, it all depends on that. That's right. It's a total of a five-year study and we're in the final year, Mm -hmm. in the fifth year. 
And so we're finishing up accrual and participants for this particular study. Wow, 200 up to now. And so what have, what have you learned? So what we've learned is, I guess, first, let me go back just a little bit previous studies. In our previous studies, we've had participants come into the laboratory, meet with a clinician, and then they would have their hypnosis sessions um, live. So sitting down with the therapist, Mm -hmm. basically, and then given audio recordings to practice at home. And so in this study, what we wanted to find out is, could we achieve the same results if we just gave women a kind of a toolkit? If we gave them all the audio recordings, all of the readings, all the materials that they would need, and whether they could just have support through phone calls, no travel involved, and whether we could get the same results as we have found in the previous studies. In these previous studies, we've shown very consistently that hot flashes decrease by approximately 70 to 80% on average. And so if we can achieve the same thing without people having to leave their home, basically, um, then that would give a a way for many, many more women uh, to benefit from this intervention. That's remarkable. Is this, so were you surprised? We were. Mm -hmm. Um, In our initial studies, um, we did a smaller pilot study. And in that study, we had half the participants come in and meet with the therapist, the usual way. Right. And the other half, it was all telephone delivered or without any travel. So it was all telehealth, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And so we were hoping that they would come out pretty comparable. Um, We were surprised that the women who were randomized to the self-administered hypnosis, the telephone support, actually did better when objectively measured uh, symptoms. Really? Yes, I was really surprised. That is, that's (laughs) remarkable. Well, uh, it speaks well to what you've come up with. Uh, I mean, you've got a product, I guess, in a way. Is this something you see possibly becoming a commercial type thing that would be available at Walgreens? I don't know. Yeah, uh, our goal has really been to give women a choice. And so it's not that uh, other treatments aren't, Uh, available or of benefit. And so what we say is for each woman, she should talk with her physician, discuss her own situation and symptoms, and decide what's best for her. Mm -hmm. They still do HRT, right? They still do HRT. Mm -hmm. And so for some women, maybe their risk of breast cancer is low. Or in their discussion with their physician, their doctor feels like, no, it would be safe for you to continue to take uh, HRT, hormone replacement therapy, for a period of time. But for most women, there's some point where they will decide that they want to taper off of the medication or the the hormone replacement uh, for those health reasons. For other women, they may choose or there may be an indication that it would be better that they didn't. And so we just want to give women an option, a choice, And with this particular intervention, with hypnosis, like it's 
not like a high-risk type of therapy. It's a mind-body therapy. Right, yeah, exactly. And so uh, what that means is if the woman said, well, you know, I'm going to stay on a low dose, for example, Mm -hmm. of estrogen, but I want to do the hypnosis program too, Mm -hmm. then uh, they could have the benefits of both. So improve sleep. They could really minimize their use of the hormone therapy. So it, it can be used in combination if the woman chooses. To. Well, yeah, the improved sleep, you, you touched on that because often those hot flashes will happen in the middle of the night. You're, you're minding your own business, sleeping just fine, and then suddenly you're awake because this wave has overtaken you. And uh, and, and for women to, to be able to have a good night's sleep, I mean, that's, that's pretty important. Very important. Uh, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's been – Uh, I guess you would say one of the other benefits or um, other improvements. So in our previous studies, we were really focused on hot flashes, but we also had women uh, report on and measure their sleep because of night sweats. So Mm -hmm. women can have their sleep interrupted by hot flashes that occur during the night. And we showed initially through uh, self-report studies that the sleep quality of women who experienced the hypnosis intervention improved by about 50 to 60 percent. That's great. That is great. Well, and the other good thing is if you're chosen for this for this study and and what exactly are the requirements? What have to be a woman? I guess men don't have hot flashes, do they? And that's a dumb question. Uh, Do they? No, men can have hot flashes. I I thought maybe Um, they could. But you don't have any men in the study. We don't currently, uh-huh. but uh, if men have hot flashes, and men can, uh, uh, particularly associated, for example, with prostate cancer, mm-hmm. it's possible mm. to have hot flashes. Uh, but, of course, the majority or virtually all of our participants to this point are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, the requirements are that the woman be postmenopausal and have hot flashes, meaning an, on average four per day, or 28 hot flashes per week. That's our primary eligibility criteria. That would be horrible. I mean, that would just be (laughs) awful. God love the woman that's having to do. Um, But the other thing is, if they're chosen to be in the study, there is some compensation. There is. Women can receive uh, $125 uh, for a compensation for participating in the study. the entire participation period, it involves first uh, a week of baseline, and then the intervention itself is basically five weeks. We're interested in finding out if the intervention has long-term benefit. So there's one follow-up visit at week 13. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, that's, that is just remarkable. I just think it's it's the most fascinating thing. Um, what kind of got you interested in this kind of work? Did you always know from a little kid you wanted to get into psychology, or did something happen, or how, how did you sort of get into this field of study? Oh, going back, it, um, I've been interested in psychology and, and devoted to uh, completing an academic degree in psychology. And, and my interest in hypnosis really occurred during a clinical internship in which I was working in a medical center. And at that time, there was a clinic that was established that was 
applying psychological methods to help people with a range of problems such as chronic pain, um, coping with surgery, um, anxiety problems, and so on. And so hypnotherapy was offered within the clinic. And one of the most impressive experiences that I had was there was a woman who was to have a major surgical procedure completed, and there were some contraindications. They were trying to minimize the use of chemical anesthesia. And so she was referred to see if she could have the surgery with hypnosis with suggestions for numbness and calmness (coughs) throughout the surgery. And for me, this was the most impressive thing that I had ever seen as a psychologist, that uh, she was able to undergo this surgery. She was calm and relaxed. Awake, and, oh, more and, or less, except and, and awake. in the hip, hypnotic state. That's right. Suggestions were given throughout mm-hmm. the surgery to remain calm and relaxed. Suggestions for numbness and peaceful feelings. And it was just uh, so interesting to me that, you know, how could a person do such a thing that it seems so powerful to me that I felt this is something I really want to understand. I think this is something that could really help a lot of people. And, um, and so it's been a focus of my interest um, throughout my career, both clinically and then as a part of my research. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. There's another area of study at uh, the uh, Baylor University Mind-Body Medicine Research Lab. I had to kind of work on that. Oh, that's good. And I'm reading it (laughs) off your sheet. (laughs) And that is something that a lot of people deal with, and that's lower back pain. And so is it the same type thing, hypnosis, or is something, this is a whole different study, huh? This is a whole different study. We are recruiting uh, approximately 50 more participants to join our study on chronic low back pain. And it has some similarities. It does not involve hypnosis, but we are interested in finding out if people can listen to certain audio recordings, such as music or other sounds or uh, someone speaking, if that can help the person achieve better pain management. Mm-hmm. And it really is based on the, the finding that you know, people who have chronic pain, they can get a certain degree of relief from medications, but for most people, they continue to have pain. And so they f- seek ways to better manage their pain, ways to cope with it. And it's been shown or, or uh, long believed that people could lie down, they could listen to music, they could listen to sounds, and that this could have a positive effect. But there just hasn't been research to really determine how effective it could be, what's the best way to listen to these kind of recordings, how can they really be used in a clinical sense to achieve pain management. This is a study that is uh, funded by the National Endowment for the Arts. Interesting. It is yeah. one of the, they usually fund um, support for artistic performances. They're exactly, performers, yeah. But this is research. And uh, 
they've really given us great support to conduct this initial study uh, to find out if listening to audio recordings such as music uh, can be used in such a way that a person can really manage their pain better, reduce their chronic low back pain, sleep better. We're really looking at all those possible outcomes. Mm -hmm. I had a a, a guest on the podcast, uh, uh, Kathleen Brown, who is a certified music therapist. And, and I mean, she has seen that it can help that music does help in helping folks who are dealing with pain and uh, chronic pain can lead to, you know, possibly a misuse of painkillers. And that's become a crisis situation as well. It is. It's, it's really a major problem. And, and so for people to have some alternative, some additional ways that they can manage their pain, it's empowering to the patient. It gives them an additional tool and something that they can do that is safe, something that's under their own control. And so, for example, in our study, we, at once the person learns how to listen to the recordings, then they're able to listen to whatever music or whatever recording they prefer or okay. whatever they like best. <clears throat> Heavy metal might be just the, just <laughs> might the be ticket. Just the thing. <laughs> <laughs> just the ticket. Well, and this one also is a compensation situation, right? It is. Um, with this study, the uh, individuals basically participate five weeks in the study, mm-hmm. and the compensation is $175 for those who complete all of the study measures, all the requirements of the study. Now, is this a lot of meeting there in person with you all, or is this kind of no, this is remote a, like the other? This is At remote. home, I guess you'd say. Yes, this is remote like the other one. Mm-hmm. So individuals could live anywhere. Um, all of the sessions are either by telephone or computer like the other study. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the person is able to, on their their phone, on their tablet or their computer, they can download all of the recordings, all of the all aspects of the study. And so we're just seeking um, 50 individuals age 50 or older okay. who report having persistent or chronic low back pain. And uh, I think it's just a really a very uh, enjoyable study. For, for individuals who participated so far. So you, you're about to wrap up the hot flash study. Where are you in timeline-wise with the back pain study? With the back pain study, we're about at the midpoint. Okay. And so it's been going on for about a year, and we have approximately 12 months to go on that study. Okay, a little bit shorter time. It is. And, and you've got other things in the pipeline. So we do. Um, the plans to, for other studies. <laughs> yeah, hypnosis has many applications, mm-hmm. and it is um, a, a method and a technique that in many ways it's easy for people to learn. So it, it doesn't take like a lot of effort. I mean, you're basically um, lying down or finding a comfortable place to sit, if the sessions are self-administered, that basically means listening to an audio recording that you've been provided for that purpose and listening to it in a particular way. 
and just being open, just being open to the suggestions and allowing to happen whatever happens. And so we found that once people learn how to do the self-hypnosis, um, their sleep improves, anxiety becomes less, uh, it has many positive benefits. And so many people want to practice every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might listen to the recording at night before going to sleep or other times. And so our other study is hypnosis to improve sleep among caregivers. Really? That's significant. Yeah, it's a major problem. Yeah, so, it is. Uh, an individual who is the caregiver for someone with dementia or Alzheimer's mm-hmm. disease, um, sleep is a major problem because they have to be available. They feel like they're on call every oh, minute. They're on call. Yeah. Yes, that's that's right. And, and so because of that, uh, taking sleeping pills may not be an option. Right. And so what we've... Uh, focused on is looking at, well, how can hypnosis, how could a person learn how to use hypnosis in order to both achieve more sleep, but also improve the quality of their sleep, their sleep quality, the amount of deep, slow wave sleep that they can achieve. Well, you've got to feel good about doing this kind of research and, and and finding that it's helping. It's been the most satisfying thing uh-huh. I've done. Uh, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, to, to be able to do this kind of research where we can see people improving and benefiting from it while they're in the study. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, problems like hot flashes, chronic pain, sleep disturbances, these are big problems that many people experience. And so it is just so very satisfying to be able to see people come in with these problems, see them resolve or improve, um, and to give people a tool. They can use that tool. They can use it for other things once they learn how to really use self-hypnosis and learn what it really is. Well, I'd like to... to Tell folks how they can get more information. The phone number is 254-252-9344, or you can email mindbody at baylor.edu. This, of course, through uh, Baylor University. Oh, Dr. Alkins, I like to end these visits with a little questionnaire. It's a similar mm-hmm. to the one the late, great James Lipton would do on Inside the Actor's mm-hmm. Studio. Are you familiar with that? It's yes, uh, kind of based on Proust. <laughs> is that how you say it, Proust? Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite word? Favorite word? Um, relaxation. Yeah, that, that's a good that's one. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. I've not heard that before. I, well, I use that one a lot. <laughs> I, I bet you do. We And we all need to just chill, I think, from time to time. Well, what is your least favorite word? Stress. Yeah. Stress. Yeah, you wouldn't. You probably wouldn't have a job if it were. <laughs> Let's face it. Well, so what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Yeah, well, you know, being... Uh, involved, I think we started off talking about some of the misconceptions about hypnosis. And I really feel that, you know, the ability to focus our attention and to uh, utilize the mind-body connection 
it, it's a it's a gift from God. It's uh, uh, it's a spiritual aspect in many ways because the the connection between the mind and the body is um, uh, very valuable to individuals. It's available to us at all times, and it's really a sense of inner healing. Um, you know, it doesn't involve any um, invasive things. It's really the person um, healing themselves hmm. through their thoughts, through their actions, uh, and through their confidence, their their faith in, in this process. Hmm. Well, then what turns you off creatively or what? spiritually or emotionally? A negative attitude. Yeah. <laughs> this will work. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, in in um, the mind body medicine research yeah. lab, uh, we really strive to maintain a very positive attitude and a, and an encouragement for everyone involved. We we really love what we do, and if uh, if someone is uh, you know experiencing uh, personal difficulties, then. We really seek to provide support for each other and, um, and just really enjoy what we're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What sound do you love the most? What sound do I love the most? Well, I have to be honest. My wife's voice mm-hmm. <laughs> would be my favorite. That's <laughs> my favorite sound. <laughs> well said, young man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's good. Well, then what is your least favorite sound? Dogs barking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we have three of them. <laughs> well, and at night when you're trying to sleep, that can, exactly. be, that can be a problem. All right. So what other profession would you have wanted to try? You're, you're very um, happy with what you're doing, obviously, but. Well, the healing is, you know, has really been, um, is what stands out to me. And I think part of what has really drawn me to psychology and, and to this research has been uh, the opportunity to help people at, achieve a healing process. And so, you know, I've thought about, well, what would, what would I do if I, if I couldn't be a psychologist, uh, uh, couldn't be a psychotherapist, uh, I'm sure it would be something in medicine. So I would say probably family practitioner, mm, yeah. um, probably not a surgeon, but uh, maybe a psychiatrist. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Well, what profession do you know you would not want to do? Oh, my goodness. What profession would I not want to do? Uh, probably being an attorney. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they probably employ a lot of psychology in what they do. I'm just guessing. But yeah, yeah. Finally, what do you want to hear God say to you as you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, my goodness. Um, what I would really like to hear is um, job well done. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, I hear that a lot. And maybe too. welcome. <laughs> I mean, well, welcome. Welcome would be good too. Well, you would be welcome to call uh, the uh, Baylor Mind Body Medicine uh, Laboratory. Their number again, 254 252 or mindbody at baylor.edu. And uh, 
it's just amazing to hear what you have to say and have the, the luxury to really talk about it. And I appreciate you so much, Dr. Gary Elkins. Thank you so much. Thank you. Central Texas Living is part of the Rogue Media Network family. Be sure to check out their other shows at RogueMediaNetwork.com. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Living, the podcast. guide through Waco. I'm here to tell you all the goings-on in and around Waco. I'm going to give you the 411 on what's happening, what's going on, and what events you should go to. This is your host, Debbie, signing off. Now that you know, go. Just go, Waco. Are you building a new business while managing a family? Are you tired of trying to balance home and work and everything seems to be coming up short? Then there's a podcast made just for you. Baking Your Business from Scratch is where we create the perfect recipe for building a successful business while managing your home and family with love. Come join us and see for yourself. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.